in honor of the Queen Tina Fey's birthday, who also is an alumna of UVA. I knew that. And I, I've seen her speak, and she also spoke to my class one time. So, big fan of Tina Fey. It's her birthday today. So, we're going to, even though she wasn't a character uh, person necessarily on SNL, she did write a lot of these characters. So, uh, it's we're going to do a snake draft of our favorite SNL characters. As a reminder, I did not rig this order, uh-huh. but nobody here is the you. order. Yeah, nobody believes <laughs> you. Yeah. Travis first, oh, then Emily, right. then Taylor, then Alan, Alan Sorry, again, yeah. and then back up and back down. Okay, <laughs> we're all going to choose three uh, picks total. So we're going to start with Travis. What's your first pick? All right. Uh, I got a little bit of game theory going on here because the one that I want the most, I'm not going to pick right now because I don't think the rest of you guys will go there. So I'm going to take one that I think is a, a possibility that I really love that he was only on for a relatively short period of time but had an amazing impact. I'm going to go with Matt Foley, motivational speaker from Chris Farley, where he lives in a van down by the river and smashes the table. I'm going uh, Matt Foley, motivational speaker number one. I live in a van down by the river. (laughs) So my next one is uh, kind of in my era of SNL, my early era of SNL, early 2000s. So I watched even as a kid. This one, even though Jimmy Fallon ruins the sketch, is he one does of the not funniest. Ruin the sketch. <laughs> he, oh yes, he does. He ruins this specific one <laughs> by far. But this one is one of the ones that all these actors are saying that they think this is the funniest sketch SNL's ever done. Debbie Downer, Debbie Downer from Rachel Dratch is my, by far my favorite. She's great. Taylor. Okay, I've always been a big fan of the Celebrity Jeopardy from oh, no! SNL. <laughs> And I'm going to choose, rest in peace, Norm MacDonald as Burt Reynolds. Okay, that's great. That's such a good pick. Alan? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm depressed here. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I got a couple that I'll do here. Um, don't be surprised on some of this, but we'll, we'll do what we can. Um, Will Ferrell as the cowbell the cowbell player Great need choice. more cowbell. Great I choice. thought that's actually where you were going, Em. I thought you were going there when you said – um, what's his name? Uh, messed up. The he skit ruined that one too because he's, he's laughing. laughing the entire time. <laughs> Any sketch uh, with Jimmy Fallon, it's been ruined. So all right, Will ahead. Ferrell as the cowbell player. Um, that's my uh, number one pick. My number two. Oh gosh, this is hard. All right, I'm gonna do the um, Dub Bears. I'm gonna do <laughs> the Bears. That's great. Bill Squares, Swerskis, whatever, <laughs> super fans, whatever that is. Uh, I'll do Dub Bears as my second pick. Great one, Taylor. Okay, next for me, mainly because I'm a fan of the movie Wayne's World. I'm Taylor. gonna choose. Garth, though, from Wayne's World. I don't know if that's yours, Trav. Uh, it, well, I don't want two Wayne's Worlds on the list, so by taking one, I think you're going to get – I'm going to skip the other one. That's a great choice. I okay. love that movie. I'm honestly surprised this one made it so far on almost every don't list. the number one. one overall. Don't be this one. Stefan. Stefan. Yeah. Uh, the, the hottest club is – ice or whatever like i don't know the good ones but it's hilarious and the best part about the sketch too was that bill Hader would break because he got these jokes written on the card by john mulaney like right before he went on and so he would be shocked too by some of the things that stefan did stefan was on my list that's a great choice so i get the last two this is the one that i wanted first but i didn't think anybody would take it it's it's older it goes back to the early 80s it is my favorite snl cast member of all time it's eddie murphy and it's him as Mr. Robinson, where they do the, that's a great one. <laughs> where they do the spoof of Mr. Robinson's neighborhood, where he's getting evicted from his apartment. It's amazing. I will take Eddie Murphy as Mr. Robinson uh, right there. 
I've got a couple. I, so here's where it gets interesting. I, I don't want to have two of the same people. I want to take another Eddie Murphy one so badly. Right. And I'm going to do it anyway, just because it's, do it. It, it's great. I need him as James Brown in Celebrity Hot Tub. Yes, <laughs> the, the, that's the, great. I, I don't want to have two of the same guy because there's so many awesome guys, but give me James Brown Celebrity Hot Tub because I just think it's the best one left on my list. I have so many to choose from right now, and I have some that I, I don't know if I want to go older. There's a couple women that I love from the older generations, and I could say this sketch specifically I love, but I'm going to go with my heart, my gut, and one of the ones that always made me laugh whenever he did it, and he would always do it, and we can update, Drunk Uncle from Bobby Moynihan is Great. a fantastic one, because we know everybody knows this person at every function, so Drunk Uncle from Bobby Moynihan. Good choice, Sam. Taylor? Okay, last one for me. I think my favorite SNL cast member of all time is Fred Armisen, and He's great too. I like I like him in the Californians a lot. But I'm, I'm <laughs> oh not, yeah! But I'm not going to choose that one. I'm going to choose from uh, I think it's like the Vincent Price Holiday Hour where he played Liberace. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a, a that one's deep pull, but I like I like him as Liberace. Good job. All right, Al, last one. I got two left that I like, but I'm gonna. I think I narrowed it down here. I'm gonna go. This one is, it was a reoccurring sketch, the Roxbury guys. It's Chris Kattan, Will Ferrell. They're doing their stupid go to the club, trying to get in. Exactly, Travis doing the (laughs) dance as we speak. I just thought that was freaking hilarious. Yeah, it's that whole thing. So I was close. I was going to take Chris Farley when he does his Chippendales audition. Great one. With Patrick Swayze, but I'm going to go with uh, the the Roxbury. I, I was so close. This close to doing one, there's Molly Shannon's one where she is, uh, no, Sally O'Malley, where she goes, I'm 50, 50 (laughs) years old, I can kick and stretch, and then also Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. That one one. was very close Mm. to me picking it. Great one. Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer would have been a great choice. That is an (laughs) unbelievable sketch. And Taylor, I thought when you said Jeopardy that you're going to go Sean Connery. The 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 Sean that they were both so and by the way Will Ferrell as Alex Trebek in that sketch unbelievable yeah, they're unbelievable great. there's three great choices yep. in that one sketch that's a good list who did we leave out eight seven 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 ten ESPN uh, let's go back to what we were talking about a second ago with the pods Slee the, the culture thing yes you can develop it but who's developing it right that who's who's in charge I know Bob Melvin's the manager and he's been there you know. This is what his second season there, and he's an old school guy. He's been around a long time, and he's going to set the tone right. But the culture usually comes from guys that have been around a long time, guys that have been successful players, and guys that came up through the organization. Pots don't have a ton of guys like that. Most of these guys started somewhere else. The one guy that kind of fits the bill is Tatis, and if he's and I know he came from somewhere else, but they got him as a minor leaguer and brought him yeah. through their system. Yep. But Tatis is probably the last guy that you want to create culture for all of the reasons, whether it's the ringworm or the motorcycle accident or whatever it is. And it's not it has nothing to do with him, you know, doing the the stuff before third base and home runs. I love that stuff. It's just dude missed half the season because he couldn't control himself. The Padres right now, and I think Dodger fans, you, Chab, I'm assuming you're surprised at the situation too. They got an eight-game lead on the Padres, right? They have an eight-game lead on the Padres. And I think what makes this – Padres are I, are almost known for two things, I think, so far this year. The stupidity of putting Kershaw on your Jumbotron in May after winning one game against the Dodgers. Do you know what their record is since they did that? I think they've won two games. Two and nine. Two and nine. They also lost five in a row of the Dodgers after they did that. 
just the but that, that that just goes back to the stupidity of saying, "Hey, we just beat the Dodgers. Let's be really cute right here. Look at us. Watch out." It was just dumb. Anyways, leave that alone. That's one thing that they're known for. The other thing that they're known for so far this year is Bob Melvin laying into them before the series, going back to Dodger Stadium, and then they got swept. That he already used his card of, all right, let me Wake things are things are getting a little dicey here. Let's do this early. It's not early enough, you know, at least I'm a month plus into the season and we got the Dodgers coming up. Let me use this card right now. Do you know what happened after that? The Dodgers swept them. <laughs> and 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 they're sitting in <laughs> it's almost it's almost it, it is laughable to be honest with you, but they're sitting in a situation where I think there's all these question marks. You got long-term contracts. You you already went all in, and when you look at the Dodgers, they have flexibility. They have the the they have all their young players that are not just already on your your roster, but they got young players that could potentially come up as the season progresses. For sure. It's uh it's a lot of chess versus well, checkers I, right now. This is super corny, but I think it's true. They have a way. The Dodgers have a way of doing things, which is we're going to do it on a budget until we don't need to do it on a budget. We're going to have guys that understand very specific roles. We're going to give you a chance right up until we can't afford to give you a chance anymore. We're going to stick with you until they have becomes, a freaking blueprint. They, man. They, they just have culture. They have a way about them. And it goes back to the guys at the very top, the ownership and the front office culture. It's, incredibly successful it's a little bit cold-blooded in that they're going to let some guys go that they're just not going to make an emotional decision but it's not personal it's It's just never personal both both for the good and the bad right because the personal thing for me you heard me talk about this i wanted justin turner to stay they said not at that price we're not doing it we don't care that you're one of the most popular players of the last 10 years in that era we're not doing that that's not good for us we're going to let you justin justin turner was the culture Right, Clayton Kershaw is the culture, but the culture really starts at the very top. And you understand through the minor leagues, they're very specific about the type of Mookie Betts is kind of a no nonsense guy. Goes out there, plays his ass off, is really good, but not a ton of drama that goes along with Mookie. Yeah. Same exact thing with Freddie Freeman. They just have Freeman's a, a wild card. You just don't know who <laughs> exactly, you don't know yeah. that personality. Yeah. I have a pretty good idea. I know exactly what Freddie Freeman had for lunch today, and I've never spoken to the guy in my life. Right? I, I, I probably a dry turkey sandwich. And he hundred percent cut it. He hundred <laughs> percent like cut his sandwich. The same way. No question about glass it. Glass of ice water. Maybe lemonade. <laughs> no. Right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Iced tea. Yeah. There's a very specific way that they go about these guys, and they know what they want. This isn't just a oh Freddie Freeman who who's the best player on the market this year? Is it uh, uh, Freddie? Okay, give him that. And then the next year it's another guy, Javi Baez, who the Tigers went and got. Javi Baez would have never fit into the Dodger culture. They're just not going to do that. They have a very specific vision and expectation of what they want. The Padres just went. Who's the best? Uh, he's okay. We'll take him, and we'll take him. We're gonna yeah. pay him. We're gonna pay him. Give me that guy. You can have all of the guys that came through our system. Here's what I haven't said, and I'm not gonna say it yet, Al. They're not dead. They are absolutely not dead. They have so many good players. Eventually, those guys are going to start to play like the players they are. The question is whether they've dug themselves too deep of a hole. They're not dead, but they're they're driving near the cemetery. They're, they're, they're headed there. They have the directions on their phone, but it's not there yet. Here's the question. They're not dead, 
But what changes it? And that's probably the, the thing that sticks to me the most is that they – I don't know what's going to spark them. You either have to want to play for one another. You want to either you know ha- be connected in a way that, uh, hey, we're doing this. I'm doing this for the guy in front of me. I'm doing this for the guy that's coming up behind me. Whatever it is, I just don't feel there's any of that connection. You know By the way – You know how you usually get that spark, Al? Mm-hmm. Cut someone, demote, trade someone. Yeah. Send yeah. someone down to the minor leagues. It's like who, who, who's the who's the leading option for that? Because it's got to be somebody that gets everybody's attention. I don't know if they have one of those guys. Uh, YouTube has a lot of suggestions on our SNL. So do the phone calls. We're going to yeah. do that next. Plus, Mike Malone, I think, told on himself a little bit. He's feeling the pressure a lot more than the team that actually lost the game. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So here's how you know it was a good snake draft. Be, when, when Emily came in, she's like, we're thinking SNL characters. I'm like, yeah, that's great. We picked 12 people between the four of us. There's yeah. probably 120 more that we skipped over because there's just that many good ones. You said you got a bunch on YouTube, Al. We got a bunch on the phones as well. Uh, let's go a little old school to start right here. Let's go to Torrance and Rick. Rick, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up, Rick? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Trav, I thought for sure you were going to pull this one because you and I are the same age, but it's the, it's the one where – uh, well, Belushi's work. He's working. At, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, uh, it, it's the one where Belushi's working in that greasy spoon. Him and Aykroyd and Buck Johnson walks in, and he says, "Yeah, you know, I'd like to order, uh, you know, a, a Coke." He says, "No Coke, Pepsi." <laughs> okay, well, cheeseburger, uh, cheeseburger. Oh, just have the burger and fries then. No, no fries, chips. Come on, you order. You order now. Kind of, kind of hard hands on. I thought I thought that one was great. It, that was hilarious. It, it I'm was a huge fan of the show. Yeah, oh, thanks, Rick. Appreciate that. That yeah, that Slee, do you know that one where Belushi's the the short order cook? It's pretty it's pretty terrific. I gotta see it. I gotta go back and see it. I'm not sure if I know that one. This is one that somebody of our twelve picks probably should have had. This is Valencia and Luis. Luis, you're on with Travis Lee. Hey, it's Luis. Uh, oh, sorry, so, Luis. Yeah, so this is a celebrity pick. Um, our celebrity host, but I was really surprised that nobody got this one. The Andy Samberg and Justin Timberlake, yeah, right. D <laughs> yeah, in the box. Right. Like I was so surprised. He's got some other good ones, like the Bring It On Down to Whateverville. I mean, anytime he hosts, it's usually pretty funny. But I was super surprised that I was kind of disappointed in Taylor. Taylor, the musician, he should have picked that one. <laughs> we're that's talking. A good one. We're talking yeah. D in the box, right? That's <laughs> that's what we're getting at. That's the one. I don't Bring know. Bring it on down to D- Biscuitville. <laughs> 
Is that on your list, Lee? Yeah, that one uh, I should have put on there, and I didn't. Uh, a couple people on YouTube, they got Ladies Man. Um, Tim Meadows, you guys, great. Yep, you guys remember that skit. Um, let's see what else they got here. Matic with Ackroyd. Do I know that one? Uh, oh, the the Vegematic, the Tunamatic, the thing mm. where he just starts jamming everything into the blender. <laughs> it's he's putting hammers and screwdrivers and everything else, and yeah, he's just uh, it, it's terrific. We also left off Tina Fey's probably only character. Her great character was Sarah Palin, Palin. as her, as her impression. Oh of yeah, that. who was okay? Ireland and Emily, you're you're nearly on Ireland's level with this stuff. What was the name of the Marty Short character where he's constantly lying? Where he keeps getting caught as like an agent or a lawyer or something, where he's always getting caught in these like, well, I didn't say that at all. And he, just, he literally <laughs> had just said it. it I, I, it's in my mind. I can't remember the name of it, but John will definitely know. There's also the Marty Short where he's the synchronized swimmer, where he's like, I'm not that strong of a swimmer. <laughs> That's terrific. One more. Let's go to Long Beach and Danny. Danny, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up, Danny? Hey, what's up, fellas? I and Lady. Um, I'm so surprised nobody had picked Dana Carvey as the church lady. Classic. So good. Did they? Did, did that become a movie or was it just an SNL I think it skit? was. Maybe they tried to do a spinoff of a show. I, did, I do know that they tried to make it bigger than it was, uh, but I think it was great. That's a great choice, Danny. Thank you for that. Look, Carvey had church lady He as George Bush, George, the first George Bush. He was really good at that. And he, wasn't he the other half of Hans and Franz? Where, yeah, the, where they yeah. tear him and Kevin Nealon, I think, were the bodybuilders, Lee, where they tear each other's arms off. Yeah, we also got, I'm sorry. I'm, to at, pump at, you up. At the same time we're doing this, and you, you start thinking of things after. How about Will Ferrell, um, and they're doing the, who is it? I think it's Sherry Oteni. Or, Sherry Oteri. 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 They're doing the, uh, the Spartan cheerleader tryouts. Terrific. I mean, just you got, you got so many of these. Like, Will, even Will if we picked a hundred of them, we're not going to get. We're, we're going to leave a hundred out. Him as Harry Carey, which apparently he did in his audition that got him yeah. on SNL. That's a that's an all timer as well. All right, let's go back to the uh, Lakers real quickly. Michael Malone, not Mike, Michael Malone, the head coach of the Nuggets, had this to say uh, yesterday talking about all the hype surrounding the Lakers, that the Lakers had had figured some things out and that the momentum was actually on the Lakers' side despite dropping the opening game. There's this kind of discussion being based that, like, even though the Lakers lost, you know, they're walking out of here last night, like, they think they've got something. I'll bet you every red penny I have that Darvin Ham would rather be up 1-0 than down 0-1. So for us to be able to watch film after a win and show all the things that we did poorly is a great situa- situation to be in. So there's that, Al, combined with him saying that, you know, they yeah, they think they found something with Rui on you. Know, they think the first time we've seen an adjustment like that, it was an oddly defensive posture for somebody who's up 1-0 in a series on their home court, the number one seed, that this this was the kind of reaction I would expect from somebody who lost an opening game, not somebody who was up 1-0 in a series. He sounded very defensive to me, which I think is great news for the Lakers because we already saw how they responded to pressure at the end of game one. If they're feeling pressure before game two even starts, that's great news for LA. Well, let's be honest with each other here. They did get away with one. you know. And, yeah. and listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Denver a lot of credit. They built that lead. Denver um, were... Joker was incredible for three quarters. A lot quieter in the fourth quarter. Um, Jamal Murray had an unbelievable game. KCP, Bruce Brown, Michael Porter Jr., everybody contributed. Denver Nuggets looked great in game one, except for the final six minutes of the game. And I think the fact that the Lakers made it a game, 
the the vibe did change because of that. Now they still are up one nothing, and I'm sure Michael Malone is saying the same thing that maybe he said in front of those cameras and everything else. The clip that we just played, I'm sure there was a similar conversation with his team. Hey guys, look, just I, I know that didn't go as planned. I know we got a little lucky that the clock ran out. I know we got lucky that. Braun might have uh, the decision for Braun to take a three and kind of go for the dagger rather than I'm just going to we're going to keep chipping away at this thing and put pressure on you guys with 45 seconds left. If there was two more minutes left to go, maybe the Lakers win that game. It's impossible for a coach that's been there for eight years, who's the number one seed in the Western Conference. But also there is this disrespect that's come to the Denver Nuggets basically the entire season where people say, yeah, I know they're the number one pick, or I know they're the number one seed, but I'll take the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I know they're the number one seed. I'll take the Warriors. Yeah, I know they're number one seed. I'll take the Lakers. That disrespect has continued all season long, and I guess the the best way to set it up is the Lakers are not going to be the same team they were in game one. It, there is certainly pressure on the Denver Nuggets to hold serve in these first two games because I do think that if they go up 2-0, I think we said this when Sacramento-Golden State, Sacramento had to win the first two. Yep. And if they did, we have a real series. Yep. There's a little bit of that, I think, with the Denver Nuggets where it's important for them to hold serve here, and there is some pressure for Michael Malone. I, I think there is some pressure, to be sure, as, as evidenced by his comments, but there's a lot more pressure on the Lakers, I think. That I, it flipped. I think what we're talking about on Tuesday – for sure. Much more on Denver for all of the things that you just said. But now that – because you're right, Slee. They did escape, right? We were talking about how the Lakers could maybe steal one. Well, the way you steal one is by the other guy letting one go, right? And and it felt like it was headed in that direction. They got it to within three. You mentioned LeBron's decision to pull the trigger on that long three early in the clock, which I think we all agree was not the right decision. But they escaped. It's not like they just went out there and – had that 21-point lead, the game ends, they won the game by 16 or 17 points, and they were in complete control the whole night. They were this close to having that thing slip through their fingers, but it didn't, right? And and, and I think that Laker fans, me, you, we, we kind of skip over the— You point yeah, your finger at yeah, me. Yeah, but they didn't. They won the game. I think they will be better under pressure the second time. It's the first time the Lakers have been in a situation where they're, it's not— fatal trouble but they're in real trouble they need to win tonight because 2-0 with only five games to go and a best of seven that's a huge ask and they're not playing the sacramento kings like the warriors were who fell behind 2-0 that was the sacramento kings this is the number one seed two-time mvp that those guys can score points they can get stops when they have to have it this is a very different animal to beat them four out of five times is a huge ask okay so a couple things Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're not wrong. They are the number one seed, but they they do still have a stigma. It's not the stigma of the Sacramento Kings because the Kings hadn't made the playoffs since um, 1987. I think was the last time that they were in the playoffs. Um, But I, I, there's still a stigma that comes with the Nuggets of, yeah. But when the money's on the line, what are you going to do? When the pressure's there, what are you going to do? 
um, there is still the stigma that comes with the Denver Nuggets that they got to get over as well. And I, I actually, I like the position that the Lakers are in. I want, I want to kind of explain here what I'm referring to. They haven't been in a spot like this yet in the playoffs. Let's do this when we come back, Trav. But they're in a position in a situation that is different. Champions go on the road and they win games. They did it in Memphis. They did it against the Golden State Warriors. I think tonight's game will tell a lot about the Lakers as well. We could do that coming up next. All right, we'll get into that right ahead. Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Here's another one that we forgot, Al. Alec Baldwin is Pete Schwetty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, when he goes on NPR to sell his special holiday balls, Pete Schwetty balls. <laughs> so great. And by the way, it was it Anna Gasteyer and Molly Shannon, yeah. I think, are the other two people in that sketch. They're terrific also. Yeah. They taste really good when I put them in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're whispering it is great. Uh, also, one of my favorites from Kristen Wiig, the Target lady, when she's like, I'm a goosh! <laughs> and then she, or her Gilly, where, uh, where she just, like, the theme song for Gilly is Is the Gilly best. the one with the little hands? No, that is Dunice. <laughs> Dunice is also great. And it's like, and I'm Dunice. And then, yeah. Yeah, that, that one's more weird than funny. But the one where she's twirling her hair and constantly one-upping, it's... Look, you know what else we... Look, we... I'm sure there'll be another cast member or something. We have to do favorite guest hosts because that's a whole nother category. Oh, yeah. It's a good we category. We go all together. Let's try a quick phone call here. Let's go to Rob in Inglewood. Rob, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up, Rob? Hey, guys. What's up? What's up? I just want to say to us Laker fans, let's get real, all right? That first game, maybe the Lakers came back because Denver stopped playing as hard. And the other thing is, wasn't it just bad? Bad what? All right, so I know what he was trying to say because he told me on the line. He said it was bad to get – he wished that the Lakers had given up, thrown in the towel, lost by 20 points, and not given the Nuggets any material of the adjustments that they could make in game two. Okay, so a couple things here. Um no, I don't think that the Denver Nuggets just gave up. I think the Denver Nuggets were trying to hold on. Damn I really, really do. I, it's not one of those where, Trav, we've seen games where a team's up 25 and then they end up winning the game by 12, but there was still never a threat in that game. It got down to three. Um, Lakers were getting to the free throw line. Denver Nuggets were – Joker had a couple possessions in a row where he's just making bad turnovers. That was not we stopped playing – they were literally just trying to hold on. The other one, I'm not going to entertain it too much. You can feel free to entertain it if you want. But this is game one of the Western Conference Finals. If you don't think that even in a loss, there are things that can set you up for game two, there's things yeah. that you can learn in game one that you could use potentially for the rest of the series. If you say to yourself after game one, well, we're not going to show them anything in game for, for, uh, for the rest of this game, how do you know if it works unless you try it? And I think that's what Darvin Ham was saying. I'm, I'm sure there was a point where Darvin Ham said, guys, I don't think we're winning game one, but I'm going to try some different things so I have a better feel for what I could potentially use in game two. And then all of a sudden it started working. The Denver Nuggets started choking. Uh, the Lakers started getting to the free throw line. And not only did you create some type of a blueprint, maybe you created, created a little bit of doubt in the Denver Nuggets. So I'm completely, completely disagree on the notion of you shouldn't have shown them much in that fourth quarter. I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't have a ton to add to that other than to say this is – seven-game series is really short. You don't throw games away. 
And, and what was so interesting about that first game, we talked about it on Wednesday. This was a game that felt like the Lakers were behind by 30, three or four different times. They never were, right? They, they were behind by 21 once relatively briefly but that lead was always somewhere between 13 to 16 go down to 10 back up to 14 down to 10 up to 11 that they were always within striking distance and in the nba a 10 point lead is virtually a tie it's just it it, it happens so quick with the three-point shot a couple of guys miss on one end you knock down a couple of threes a 10 point leads down to nothing like that so until and, and i said this to you al you kept waiting for it. All right, can they just go up by 25 so they can do what Rob was suggesting? Like, okay, they're down 25, there's nine minutes left in this game, or they're down 30, and there's four minutes left in the third quarter. That's when you say, we're just going to keep our powder dry and go for another day. It was never like that. There was never a moment in that game where it was out of reach. It felt like it was, but it never really was. I thought they played it perfectly, and I think that they did, to your point, crack the code a little bit. Now, they're going to change the code tonight. Denver's yeah. not going to do it exactly the same way that they did before. Mm-hmm. They do have a counter move to the Rui. I'm not, Jokic, if it were as easy as just put a big, strong guy on Jokic, he wouldn't have been a two-time MVP and a guy that, that is you know right in the mix for best player in the world right now. He's going to do what he does. He's got counter moves. But I do like that the Lakers kept tinkering with it until they found something that was successful. You never, ever throw away a playoff game unless there's no chance to win, and there was never a point where the Lakers had no chance to win. Okay, I want to tell you why I'm excited about tonight. There's a couple reasons why. We started hitting on it. I think the fact that the Lakers have yet to be in this position is – I think there will be a little bit of – not desperation, because I, I don't want to. I don't want to make. I, I want to give it a negative connotation, but I think there's going to be a sense of urgency that we're going to see tonight from the Lakers. And two things happen in situations like this: to have championship quality teams, they look forward to playing after a loss. Yeah. They want that. Let's get back on the court. Okay, hey, you guys got one. Cool. But you're going to see us again, and we'll have learned some stuff. We correct some of our mistakes. Championship teams also go on the road and they win games. The Lakers have already done it in Memphis. They've already done it against the Golden State Warriors, and this will be their second crack, their second opportunity to walk into Denver and tie this series at one apiece. I think we learn a lot from the Lakers tonight because, Trav, if Denver goes up 2 nothing, you know what the Nuggets are telling themselves? Guys, no, we are – this. This is who we are. They got it by the neck at that we, point. We are the number one seed yeah. in the Western Conference. I don't care that it was LeBron and Anthony Davis back in 2020 in the ball. All that stuff doesn't mean anything. Look at where we are. We're two games away from getting to the NBA Finals, and we've never been to the NBA Finals. But if the Lakers tie this series up at one apiece, do you know what starts happening? Freaking A. It's the same guys. It's LeBron and Anthony Davis again. And you know for the Lakers, it's – Guys, we've already won road games. I've been in this situation how many different times. Remember how John yesterday was talking so much about the environment, the atmosphere, how great it was. Mm-hmm. The Denver fans were out there. There's 20,000 people going crazy. You think that bothers LeBron James? It doesn't mean anything to him. And, and I, I don't I think, think it bothers him, but I do think that it might have an effect on others. I, he's, he's immune to it, but the other guys wearing that uniform are not. It could to an extent, but I think it helps when you have your leader is calm, cool, it, and collective. It, it does help, but you can't tell me that just because LeBron is chill that 
D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves who have never been through something like this before. Like it, it does help. It's like the stewardess on a bumpy flight, right? Yeah. You look at her if she, if, or him and you feel good. If they're just kind of smiling and they're still passing yep. out Cokes and peanuts, it's probably pretty good. If they're strapped in? Yeah, if they're strapped in, you get, get ready. It's going to be a different thing. So LeBron is a good flight attendant in this analogy, but it doesn't mean when that plane drops 30 feet in half a second that you don't go, <gasps> It, it's still pretty scary, and that's where those other guys are. Well, when the baby falls and the parent reacts by, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, the baby starts crying, and then when the ba- or with the parent's like everything's cool, I will say that some of these players you're talking about that haven't been in this situation before, they've been good so far they in have. these situations. They really have. And, and it's you said Reeves. Reeves was hitting clutch three He's after great. clutch three. In, and he was doing it, by the way, in the Memphis series. Um, Rui looked like he's comfortable in the moment. They're, you're not wrong that some of these guys haven't been in that position, but I think up to this point, I'm not walking away from these no. games saying the moment is too big for them. It, it, you're 100% right. It hasn't been yet. Yet. That's that's the difference, that it hasn't been too big yet. This is, this is uncharted. They've never gone into a game two in a playoff series with this group having lost the opening game. Yeah. This is a different thing. If you lose this game, now you have your backing that it's a different type of pressure each time. LeBron doesn't give a damn. I don't think AD really gives a damn. I don't think I, he's, I, I don't think I that he's that. affected that much by it. But the other guys, Darvin, I don't know. They really haven't been through it before. This is new for them. All right, banner number 18 is so close, you can actually taste it. Trav and I are getting you ready for game day with the assist from Pizza Hut. So this is how this works. Caller number 18 wins a $100 Pizza Hut gift card to get you ready for your game day watch party. So if you're getting ready for tonight, uh, make sure you call in right now, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. By the way, you could download the Pizza Hut app or order online at PizzaHut.com to get your favorite pizza at a price you love. No one out pizzas the hut. Call right now and get your $100 Pizza Hut gift card. All right, the dump coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Emily, I don't know if you choose to celebrate this publicly or observe privately, but today in 2001, one of your favorites, Shrek, Shrek came out. How do you celebrate? Hey, now. I'm an all-star. <laughs> get your game on. Go play. Shrek is a great movie uh, for any age. As a kid, I loved it. As an adult, I love it. Awesome movie. I think it's Shrek 2. Fantastic. One of the best DVD extras was, uh, was Far, Far Away Idol, where you could play as... Exactly. This is great. But uh, Shrek 3 and beyond, uh, you can miss, but Shrek yeah. 1 and 2, fantastic. Shrek the 2, okay. 1, phenomenal. Just a phenomenal. I, I, never, phenomenal I, I don't think I saw 3. Yeah, you don't you, have to. You're okay. Yeah, it's Shrek the 3rd. But they perfected- Godfather 3 or Shrek 3? <laughs> Yeah, you can skip them both. <laughs> Neither one's the great. DVD extras. They were so good at all these little things that like made this medium of uh, watching a movie great. All right, today is also International Museum Day. Best museum you've ever been to, Slee? Go. Um. Hmm. All right, the USS Midway Museum in SD is it's pretty cool, right? Very like cool. you're 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 on. Uh, an you're aircraft on carrier. A, an aircraft carrier. So that what kind of also San Diego Natural History um, Museum as well. And SD, they got that that whole area on that Balboa Park. It's just uh, it's it's a cool place to be too as well. M. 
So one is actually right here in town, the Academy of Motion Picture Museum. So the Academy Museum just opened That's right about, by LACMA, right? It's right by LACMA. Yeah. It opened about a year or two ago. I think it was delayed because of the pandemic. But if you're like me and you love movies, it's a must-see. They have all these like really cool exhibits that aren't just um, your run-of-the-mill like movie exhibits. They have a lot of costumes. Right now, I think the key exhibit is The Godfather. When I went- wow. it, yeah, exactly. When I went, um, it was the Wizard of Oz, and so they had the ruby slippers. They had a bunch of like never before seen things. So if you're a movie buff, it's great. It also has a great gift shop. Taylor, I I used to work up there in Wilshire, right by the LACMA. So I, I went there a lot, and I like that that place. Also, the Peterson Automobiles, uh, it's it's right there on Wilshire. Is that there too? The, yeah. the, those car museums are always bonkers, where yeah. you see these incredibly whether old or fancy or famous cars. Um, I went to the Hermitage Museum, which is in St. Petersburg, Russia, when I was between my senior year in high school you were there and started college. It was it looked fake, mm. right? Like you're like, why did they paint these these walls gold? It's like they're not painted gold, you moron. They're actually made of gold. <laughs> that this the ceiling is not idiot. it it yeah. is it it looked fake. Everything never mind all the classic works of art that you've seen in all of these unbelievable books and everything else. It was like, wait, that's a gold wall? That's a real thing that exists. Just absolutely crazy. All the Smithsonian's also great, too. Great. So I used to grow up going there a lot on field trips and everything. So they're great, uh, too. San Diego, Al, is getting yeah. an MLS team. Do you have a T-shirt, a hat? Do you have all the uh, paraphernalia yet? No, I don't have anything. I just uh, I'm praying now. By the way, that's that's a that's an awesome move for them. They're, they're the 30th expansion team. They were fighting Vegas and Sacramento for a while. So the fact that San Diego got it, which is kind of crazy. Trav, I've kind of ran my mouth a little bit about Snapdragon Stadium. Mm -hmm. um, that's the way they got the MLS team. It's the fact that that stadium already exists, kind of a good size for an MLS Perfect team. Perfect size. The only thing I don't want them to do, and uh, I really hope this doesn't happen, I want them to just simplify this. Call it SD United or call it uh, you know SDFC or so something like that. Keep it simple. I just don't want them to get too cute. San Diego has a tendency of doing that, and then we look like idiots. So let's just hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> the Wave is a good one, the NWSL team. It's a good name. Yeah, yeah it is. Well, it, it's, it's location appropriate. It's Yeah, that you don't overthink but, it. But I just think keep it's it the, the Hang 10. Is, can I tell you something? That's so, this is a good example for LAFC. How good – LAFC should be like the blueprint of how you start a franchise in a sport that did not exist. The color scheme is great. The logo is great. LAFC is a great name, Los Angeles Football Club. I just love how they kept it simple and they made it so unique. Manny Machado, a minority owner in that team, they begin playing in 2025, and that's, that's a no-brainer. The, the MLS belongs in San Diego for a hundred different reasons that they finally got it up there is good news. Wear sunscreen for San Diego. Yeah, and, and can we put a canopy over okay, some of the seats little, at Snapdragon? It's a little over budget right now. It's a little like, over budget. We're look, working on it. I'm not saying we got to build a dome, Slee. Can we just stretch some canvas over some of these, these seats so, you know, San Diego can it's pretty hot. It just seems like maybe maybe you cover some of those seats up. You know, you, know, you go to a restaurant, you, they, they put up the umbrella, they put it down. They're just going to have 8,000 small umbrellas around all the seats. Fine. Better, better than what they've got going right now. Doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, today in 2004, Randy Johnson became the oldest pitcher to ever throw a perfect game at age 40, which is just bananas. Uh, but bring the reason I bring that one up, Al, did you see that yesterday Zach Gallen from the Diamondbacks 
hit a bird with a throw accidentally the no same way. way that Randy Johnson did. In the outfield, like it, in practice. He was warming up before the game, just kind of playing catch with one of his teammates, and he yeah. threw the ball. Bird darted right in front, and oh. poof, it happened, <laughs> it happened all over again to another Diamondback. That is one of the – I'm not kidding when I say this, and I, I think you would agree. Of all sports moments – that is one of the weirdest ones that I remember the most. That of all pitchers, it's Randy freaking Johnson. It's not some pitcher right. known for. It's not a five eleven guy that throws curveballs. It's Randy Johnson and the timing of that damn bird. Yeah, I, unbelievable. Did it happen again? Is like just the, yeah. the birds. I know these birds are need to fly a little higher. Let's stay out of the flight path of some baseballs along the way. Uh, okay, Al. I know you're not a huge fast food guy, but have you seen those machines? They're in fast food places more often than than other places where you can kind of mix your own Coke where you can pick like you want a lemon Coke, a cherry Coke, a vanilla Coke or whatever. Strawberry Sprite. Strawberry Sprite, Sprite. for instance. Right. You can come up with three. You've seen those? Yeah. Okay. Heinz is introducing a machine at restaurants. Think the same sort of idea. Okay. Where you can create your own sauce concoctions similar to those soda machines. For instance, sauce bases include ketchup, ranch, Heinz 57 sauce, Heinz barbecue sauce, and then you can mix it in with flavor enhancers like jalapeno, smoky chipotle, buffalo, and mango. Chipotle ranch is good. Okay, is good. Let, me, let me give my, my thoughts on this real quick. This isn't a bad idea. Really? I don't, I don't mind this. You know, instead of there's times, you know, depending on how you feel, you grab barbecue sauce and hot sauce. And it's like, all right, I'm grabbing a couple different sauces. I'll sure. do this, I'll do that. I'm not I'm not completely you, opposed to mixing, mixing and matching. Together? I'm not saying you don't take a barbecue sauce and I'm a buffalo sauce. I'm not mixing ranch and uh, <laughs> something. But buffalo, sure. Ranch, sure. Hot sauce, sure. But do we need to make some unholy concoction of yes, all these things? Yes, I love it. This is America. I like it too. I think this is great. <laughs> you guys, so, you will not have to wait for me in line. How about that? Chipotle, I, I, I'm okay with this. When this I, sounds awful. When I worked at Chick-fil-A, uh, a lot of us would get creative and we would mix together some of the sauces. So we did. We had this thing called Salsa Ranch, which is salsa and ranch combined that you would put onto uh, like the Southwest uh, salad that we had at the time. There's some other good ones. It's like if you do buffalo and ranch together again, that's that's it's a good mix. Branch. Branch, yeah, <laughs> sure. Or buffalo, just buffalo ranch. This is a great Buff idea, inch. Travis. I don't know if you just don't hate intervention. I, I'm not. I, I'm trying not to, at least. Innovation. This just seems like a really disgusting because the, there's going to be some really horrible things that come well, out of those machines. Uh, listen, I'm not telling you that all the mixes <laughs> are good. I'm just telling you, I think I could find a mix or two that will work for me. Jalapeno ketchup? Eh, sure. I mean, yeah, fine. I try that fine you guys a little, you, you, little spice with i'll, that, I'll uh, let you guys up. be the guinea pigs on this one uh charles barkley says that he once played an nba game completely drunk because he thought he was getting traded to, to the lakers oh as a gosh. matter of fact and went out and partied and then he find out that the trade had fallen through and he had to go out there and play under the influence this from anyone else i think i would probably call cap but with barkley this kind of tracks i feel like this is Fact. something barkley would do all right, let, let's let's ask this question. I mean, I I think baseball was more the norm for this, but baseball back in like the seventies and eighties, Trav, guys taking down some beers and then walking up and going at their at bats. 
Yeah. So, what, well, Wade Boggs is the the legend of Wade Boggs was on a flight from Boston to Seattle where he drank nine thousand beers, which seems unlikely. But Taylor, I gave you the book ball four. Wasn't there a pitcher that pitched a game on acid or something? Uh, so Doc David. Doc Ellis through a perfect game or maybe it's a no hitter but on acid because he thought the game was the next he thought his turn in the rotation was oh the next day gosh. he was here in la they were going to play the padres the next day he went out the had a, lost had a good time and then found out he was pitching that day in san diego went down there and threw a no hitter so that has happened and david i swear there's a david he wells was hung story over. too right oh he, he was the, the day over, he i don't forget if it's a perfect game or a no hitter but the day david wells did that the legend goes he was <laughs> wickedly hung over yes which i believe as well I believe but that. but you're right like so ball four which i've talked about before mickey mantle and whitey ford and billy martin and those guys would go nuts they would go absolutely hog wild and then show up to play the next day but that's hung over not necessarily wasted. Doc Ellis is the closest, I think, to wasted that we've had. Well, basketball also does not seem like You're uh, right the about sport that. that you want to have. Let me get a Jack and Coke here before uh, before I warm up. That doesn't seem like that would work very well. Look, we've all had that moment where you've maybe had a beer too many or whatever, and you're goofing around, you're having a good time with your buddies, and you, you do something good, like you take off on a sprint just to be funny or whatever, yep. and you get about 10 steps before you feel like, yeah, this was a terrible idea. Imagine playing an NBA game like that. Maybe you. I don't know. For me, pickleball and Ultra, Michelob Ultra was an incredible combination. <laughs> Starbucks is going to be changing the ice that you have become familiar with, Al, to mm-hmm. pellet ice. So think like Sonic. Sonic yeah. is the most famous pellet ice place I can think of. What do you make of that? I don't think I like that. I, uh, first off, all my coffees are I, – I don't get iced coffees, so I'm not going to have to worry about it. But I don't think I – I feel like the the nugget ice gets in the way. I think sometimes with a straw, you're basically sucking up thirty percent ice with everything that you're taking. I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. It I, melts I, I too fast. It's good with water. It's good for sodas and all those things. But coffee in particular, those little pellets, they melt really, really quickly. And now I've got a water because you see how often I drink iced coffee. I drink it half the time. Yeah, I love iced coffee. Pellet iced coffee, hard pass. Don't do it, Starbucks. Don't do it. Don't do it. Little super cross talk right now. All right, Mace is in the house. Ireland and Slee are in Denver getting ready for game two tonight. And, John, you are the resident SNL expert, so I want to run this by you. Okay. Um, Emily also, she's going to give you a run for her money, by the way. She's pretty good at this, too. She's got some deep knowledge. Anybody who wants to write an SNL quiz from any era, any time, I will take Emily on. Oh, we're going to do that. We'll do that next week. I will put together the quiz, and uh, we'll, we'll do that next week for sure. So, Today is Tina Fey's birthday. It's a snake draft. <laughs> it is a snake draft and Tina Fey's birthday. Yes, happy birthday, Tina Fey. So we decided to have our snake draft be our favorite SNL characters. Yep. Okay, not not the not the cast members, but rather the characters that cast members and, and hosts have played. Right. You ready, Ireland? Tell me who won this one. You got it. Slee's list. Will Ferrell from the More Cowbell sketch. Okay. The Mike Ditka super fans, Bears guys. Okay. And the Will Ferrell slash, I forget who the other guy was in Night at the Roxbury where they're all coked out. Chris Not Chris Catan. Uh, Chris Catan. Chris Catan. Yeah. So that's, that's a very list. strong list. Okay. I, I can't imagine anyone can beat that, but go ahead. Taylor has Burt Reynolds from Celebrity Jeopardy, which is okay. amazing. Garth from Wayne's World. And Liberace Fred Armisen. Okay. <laughs> I don't like that one. Okay. That's not a, that's not a good list. Here's, sorry, sorry, Taylor. Here's Emily's. Debbie Downer. 
It's a good one. Which is, uh, uh, what's her name? Rachel Dratch. Rachel Dratch, yeah. Uh, Stefan, Bill Hader. Stefan is an unbelievably funny character. <laughs> and Bobby Moynihan's drunk uncle. That's a good one, Bobby Moynihan. Very funny. <laughs> All right. And then on my la- I'm last. It's uh, Matt Foley, motivational speaker, Chris Farley. Classic. Mr. Robinson, Eddie Murphy, oh, from when they're invicted. Game over. Game over. <laughs> I think you win. I double Eddie Murphy. I took James Brown from Celebrity Hot Tub. Also great. All right. Um, Emily and Taylor are both out. Yes. Um, it's a it's a race between Trav and Slee. Uh, Will Ferrell's more cowbell sketch <laughs> is the greatest sketch it is. in I'm SNL history. So damn funny. Um, the Bears is very strong. And the night at the Roxbury, people still make fun of people if you go to nightclubs accusing them of being the night at the Roxbury guy. <laughs> I'm taking Slee only because you doubled up Trav I know. and he didn't. I know. Yeah. Um, you needed a third. I, I, so, Emily, this is exactly what I said. I said, the reason I'm going to lose this is because I took two Eddie Murphys, but I yeah. can't leave James Brown off. But Matt Foley, <laughs> motivational speaker. Oh, it's great. Unbelievable. Eddie Murphy. Yes. Mr. Robinson. If you would have gone something like... Here was my next choice. Will Ferrell Cheerleaders so, is a good one. Not bad. I was going to do Phil Hartman on Frozen Caveman Lawyer. Oh, that's also a really good one. But I, I, I have to have James Brown. Yeah. It has to be there. Had to be. I'm surprised nobody took the church lady. Yeah, church lady. I think lady. that if, if, Trav, if you would have taken the church lady with yeah. your third pick, then I it may or have what about me to you. Billy Crystal, you look marvelous. Oh, Lorenzo Lamas. Lorenzo Lamas. Fernando. Trav, you yeah. know what this is? Um, there's some similarities here. It's almost like playing three guards in game one. <laughs> it you, is. You, it's you a lot like cute. that. You it's got a, too cute. Yeah. You I, I, I think Slee is the winner. I, I, I Slee's list is awesome. I give Travis a slight edge despite doubling up on Eddie Murphy because Eddie Murphy is ar- arguably the most transcendent cast member they've ever had. Certainly I got a fever, <laughs> and the yeah, but- only thing that'll cure it is more cow. That's Christopher cow-bow. Walken, though. Yeah. It, Will Ferrell's uh, shirt is up above his belly button. It's yep. great. Oh, yeah. it's fantastic. And, and you had no Will Ferrell at all, right, Trav? No, I had uh, I had two yeah, Eddie Murphys and a Chris Farley. Yeah, Will Ferrell maybe he's a top five all time. And plus, Will Ferrell listens to the station. I know he, he does. Loves, and, How and about him as uh, Harry Carey? That would have been another that's one. That's another throw one or two. And if yeah. Will Ferrell's listening, my dog is named Ron after Ron, Ron Burgundy. Burgundy. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, the other thing is, I think Taylor might be the only person to take the most successful sketch, the biggest moneymaker sketch of all time is Wayne's World. Yeah. Yes. And only one of you guys took one of the Wayne's But World he took guys, Garth right? and not Wayne. Yeah. He's, in a, he's a Dana Carvey fan. interesting with that? I don't know. I don't know. Wayne and, and Garth. They're, I can't pick them both. Yeah, true. True. He went with the uh, the supporting character. Yeah, the supporting not, character. Not the lead. Party on, Wayne. Into this. I, 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 I think Taylor's choice of Burt Reynolds puts him in the mix just because can that, I, that character can was I say next level. Funnier Jeopardy character, Connery? Sean Connery. <laughs> Daryl yeah. Hammond is Connery. Sean Connery is the, fantastic. So this is the only sketch we were talking about that we thought you could pull three people out of one sketch. Yeah. Reynolds, Connery. You could take Will Ferrell's Trebek oh, yeah, in that no, schedule. He was, he was so amazing funny. in that, yeah. too. Hey, Mace, I'm, I'm going to – I was mentioning yesterday I was going to go to the Rockies-Reds game. Incredible game, by the way. Just uh, Was it lot incredible? A lot of people were interested in the Rockies-Reds yesterday. I bet. I bet. 
Go $5 on Twitter to get in, right? Four. Four. Yeah, it was four. <laughs> four, and I didn't have to pay any of the fees because uh, Emily and Trav were like, why are you going to buy it on Ticketmaster? You're going to end up spending $20. Just walk up, buy it at the window? Yeah. Yeah, but window. Smart. Go on Twitter for a quick second. Okay. And, John, go on Twitter, too. Just go to my page. I want you guys to see the picture that I posted. Okay. okay. They uh, said there's 22,000 people at this game. And there's a great chance that there was probably six, 7,000. It wasn't 22,000, however they get to that number. I basically just find a seat yeah. where there's nobody. Oh, wow. I grab a hot dog. Yep. I grab a beer, and I grab some peanuts. Wow. And I don't get there. I don't get there till the end of the fifth. So I, I probably sit down. It's the sixth inning. When what I time did this game seat. start, Slee? So yeah. it was around this time. Yeah, 1 o'clock. So afternoon game. Exactly. Okay. Afternoon. one ten. I think, was first pitch. So matinee game, yep. getaway day, all Reds. that stuff. Reds. <laughs> Reds. Um, so I sit down. I enjoy my hot dog. I'm enjoying a nice blue moon. I'm kicking back. You can see the seats. There's nobody around me. Yes. No, you're, you've, you've got a perfect view. I, I found the seat where there's nobody. Yeah. Just Usher. you by yourself. Yeah, just be by See, myself. the picture I really want is from the other direction with Sleewood just sitting with nobody <laughs> around him. island just, of nothingness. Just Slee in the middle of nothing. Mace, nobody to my left, nobody to my right, and nobody really behind me as well, okay? Yep. Usher comes by mm-hmm. and says, uh, excuse me, sir, um, is this your seat? Do you no. have tickets? Listen, he says, do you have a ticket to this seat? And I kind of looked at him, and I'm like, I think he's kidding, right? Like, he's not really telling me to move or to get up or something like that. I go, no, it's not my, it's not my actual seat. And he goes, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. No! <laughs> leave There's the stadium? Un- unbelievable. Not leave the stadium, but go to go where to my seat. seat Go is. to your seat. That right? is just a joke. There is not a soul around me. And I'm like, listen, it's the first time I've been to the stadium. I just got here. It's the sixth inning. <laughs> There's nobody here. Do you really like? Do you really want me to go to a different seat? And then he gives me like he pauses and he goes, "Well, I'll let you sit here this time, but not next <laughs> right, time." And right, then he right, <laughs> well, Good for you for like sticking to your guns. Yeah, like, I'm a big fan of the move ups. Like, what like, am I missing? What's here? the downside? Who's hurt by that? Nothing. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't get. It's, I. I it's think a power trip by the usher. When the seats are open, I think you should be able to move a little bit closer. We always have move up time. Like you get to a, well, Dodger Stadium is a little later, but you get to the sixth inning. It's move up time. You can move a little bit to get closer to the game. Look, I get it. Playoff game. If here. it's the NLCS and you're playing the Atlanta Braves and it's packed and it's full and you tried to sneak into a seat sure it's a Reds Rockies businessman special right there's 200 people in the ballpark what the hell is this guy doing you yeah. know the worst part is he didn't go tell anybody else though at least I didn't see him go tell anybody else right. granted there's you know 80 seats around me before you get to the next person but he, he picked me out of everybody, yeah. and then I had to stand my yeah, ground. Yeah, made you an example. Yeah. So what about the big fancy dinner yeah. last night? That's what I want to hear about. Big fancy dinner. Slee got to go. What's up? Uh, I mean, John, it, it, just to kind of set this thing up, did you know that that, that, uh, that back room existed? No, but I knew Michael would know because he eats dinner in that restaurant all the time. So I so, think Michael knew, and, that, and then when he knew we room. had a private room. Mace, yeah. Mace, to paint a picture. Yeah. Beautiful place. Yep. Uh, get there, and Sedano's already there. He's at the bar just watching the Heat and the Celtics. Okay. And then everybody kind of starts trickling in, Trudell, John. And they say, all right, let's go find Michael 
and we walk through the restaurant, and then through the restaurant there is a back room that has a window to the kitchen, and you're watching everybody prepare the food, but it is a cool. isolated room, and there's only one person in that room. It's Michael Thompson. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> so it's Michael's room. How baller, John, did Michael look just sitting in this room by himself? Um, so we get there. We sit down. It's John, Michael, Dave McMenamin, BT, Brad Turner, uh, Sedano, and Trudell. What an and- elite group. We solved all the problems of I'm the sure. NBA in one two-hour sure. dinner. Just the end, I thought I would have said the universe. You guys yeah. got it all sorted out. Masters of the in, universe dinner. We dabbled into politics, which is always dangerous. Didn't go well. Oh, have, that is not yeah, good. Yeah, that didn't go well. I know how Trudell that breaks. on the way left and Michael on the way right. So <laughs> yes. It's like, you know, I'd steer was, clear of politics. Hey, yeah. hey John, literally where we were sitting to, Trudell was on the way left. Yeah. They're on the right side of the aisle. Yeah. Yeah. We solved. What else did we solve? Slee? We solved uh, gun control. Gun we control. The Laker offense tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, every uh, every available coaching vacancy yep. has been this, determined. <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah, you guys, this, this feels true. like the talk show that Charles Barkley is going to do with Gail King. It does. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it actually was that. Yeah, because we had no like actual agenda. We just tackled every problem well, known to man. It's a little bit like that Jada Pinkett Smith two thing, uh, right? Red it's like oh top. yeah, Michael's table. It's like Michael's <laughs> yeah. big table. So Slee was saying that Michael insisted that everybody get an order of crab bisque soup. Mm. Was was that like one of Michael's moves where he orders something for everybody at the table, or was this a new move for him? No, no, no. He he did. Uh, he made sure everybody got that. He made sure everybody got the bread. He made sure everybody got dessert. He he, he was like the host. He paid he was for the very whole thing. Excited. He's, yeah, he he was awesome. I love an ice crab bisque. Who doesn't? Oh, you you could tell he was very very excited to host. And when he's He's got something in his mind. In his mind, he thinks the crab soup is special. All right, let's get seven crab soups for the table. And whether somebody wanted one or not, which, by the way, the crab soup was amazing. Yeah, uh, he was excited to to play some host. What was your main? I did the ribeye. Oh, Good choice. Nice. nice. Did Slee fit in? I know that uh, he was oh, added. Course. Okay, if did it he? worked out. I was no, no, it was okay. great. He was yeah. a late add-on. And then we we met our uh, the Lakers traveling chef, Chef Rocco, was there. We met her on the way out. And uh, it was, it was now when you say traveling chef, what does she actually do? She comes in a day before we get here. Yeah. And she buys all the food that we're going to eat and then prepares it with along with the kitchen staff. And so we have, you know, if like last night we didn't eat the team dinner because we went to the restaurant. But if you want to, it's an option to to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the meal room, and she provides all the food in the meal room. Does hmm. this track back to the, I don't know if this is true or whether this is apocryphal or not, but the whole Kobe got a bad cheeseburger in Sacramento one night? Not, is- as, much as, not as much as that, Trav. It's more that they don't want these guys going to, you know, McDonald's. Okay. Right. You know, they want it, they so want it's like them, all organic and... Right. Yeah. A lot of vegetables, no, uh, no sugar. Um, a lot of like really farm well prepared, grown, really all that farm stuff to that table, right there. Farm to Denver. table, there right. it is. Yeah, <laughs> right. and she's she's awesome, and uh, and so the, the yeah the food has has been great throughout the whole. And she's been with us on every trip. She was in Memphis. She was in San Francisco. And is that now, is now she is she a regular season person or just a playoff person? They I. I I think she came on late. They they did have some people preparing food during the regular season, but she they brought her in for the playoffs. Is she this, didn't travel with us during the regular season. John, is that story about Kobe and the food poisoning? Is that true, or is that just urban legend? He says it's true, and and as a result of that, now after that, when Kobe ordered food, yep, one of the security guys would order it for him, 
and then take it to his room. Would he? Mm. Would somebody taste it first? <laughs> like Did they Roy, have a taster? The royal taster. <laughs> the royal taster. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. That's a, that. Here, that's a good well, you have to wait. Wait ten minutes. Wait ten minutes. <laughs> see if see if like we good in the coal mine. Is, are you all okay. right? Okay. All right. So somebody just somebody just uh, texted me. Nobody. If we're going back to your SNL uh, snake draft. Yeah. Schwetty balls. We talked about oh, Pete Schwetty too. Really good one. Pete yeah. Schwetty would have been a great choice. Yeah, Pete Schwetty was good. That was uh, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, Alec right? Baldwin, by the way, also as uh, ABC always be cobbling, always be <laughs> oh, cobbling. Yeah, the the elf. elf. Oh God, <laughs> Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. He elf is speech. for a non-cast member. He might have had the best impact as a non because his his hosting is off the charts. Yep. He just shows up randomly. He's in great sketches. He might be the best. Most powerful host. Non cast member. member. Yeah, I think you're right. Ireland, yes, right. no? Well, there's he's a five timer. Hanks is a five timer. Steve Martin's a five timer. Martin Short. Martin Short. Um, Martin Short is so I funny. I think Timberlake just got in there. Um as a five timer. So they there've been a, a a few that have hosted, you know, multiple This times. is gonna bother me. What was what was the name of Martin Short's character that was the the liar that comes smoking the cigarettes, he's sitting on the other side of the desk and he just constantly contradicting himself. I never said that. I never said that. What was that character's name, John? I know who Did you're he have the about. cigarette? Yes. The, the, the ash kept getting longer and <laughs> yes, longer. Yes. Wasn't he? A, he was on 60 Minutes. Yes. It was like he, a, he was the subject of a 60 Minutes investigation. And they were Nathan totally grilling Thurm. him. I just looked it up. What is it? Nathan Thurm. That's very I funny. Would, I would the, never pull the name. The length of the ash on the cigarette by he's the end of that thing. He's sweating and he's freaking oh, out. So Everything good. about it's awesome. All right, Lakers, take care of your business tonight. Super Cross Talks, powered by In N Out Burger. That's what a hamburger is all about. We'll see you tomorrow.